and welcome to the Leaders in Learning Design podcast by Blue Consulting and Resourcing, the place to get up-to-the-minute information for cutting-edge learning design. So listeners, Graham and I are here again today, really just digging in a little bit deeper into microlearning. Yeah, we, we covered the, the whole idea of microlearning in our last podcast, Joanne. And we were talking about the concepts and, and the value. And, and I think maybe what might help is for us to talk a little bit today about a specific example. Because I think that example epitomizes some of the, the, the ideas, the thinking and the, and the innovation that we can bring to learning in view of what we've learned in the last couple of years. And, and what I mean by that, let, let's think about a workshop that you and I used to deliver. We used to deliver it in an in-person classroom setting and it used to take a day. Obviously, pose or as a consequence of the pandemic, we weren't able to deliver that workshop in person over a day and we moved to a virtual delivery. And in doing so, we obviously looked at the instructional design, and crucially, we shortened it. We actually condensed it into four hours of impactful virtual learning. And that's where it's been for the last 18 months or so, and that's been the way that it's been delivered. But I think you and I are always trying to to push things and to take things as far as we can and need. And so that four-hour workshop, in its virtual form, I think that could probably be taken into a new form, into a new generation, incorporating a lot of the things that we've learned over the last couple of years, don't you think? I really do. And it's not that the workshop part of it disappears, but you begin to lean it out and say, what could you do with microlearning? What could you do in the form of practice and reinforcement that would allow those strategies that you're trying to teach your learner to really take root and become a part of their everyday practice. Uh, especially when you're dealing with soft skills, those are things that you use uh, almost daily. And so taking those pieces out that are knowledge about or that are practice pieces that don't need to have a lot of rich dialogue around them, easily lend themselves to this concept of microlearning. And in, in that sense, when you say microlearning, you're talking about parsing up what was, let's say, of the four hours, let's say two hours of that was, for once of a better phrase, instruction. You're saying you would parse that instruction piece into much smaller increments and make it self-directed. Is that what's at the core of what you're saying there? It is, because those self-directed practice and reinforcement segments allow you to maybe reteach a concept and give them um, an opportunity to look around in their every day and say, how do I do this today? What uh, application could I find? What business problem? What human interaction situation could I apply these concepts to? It becomes very practical and very useful. And sometimes it's the criticism we catch as instructional designers is that we create theoretical content that's difficult to apply. And I think microlearning pushes us into the application space in a way that we don't always choose to go. 
So, so if we have a, a, a piece, a piece of micro learning that, that I, as a learner, um, go through, I, I understand the key idea, I, I learn, for want of a better phrase, but then how am I going to apply it? I've learned it because I've absorbed the information. I've thought about it. I've been challenged in the way that it's been presented. I've got my head around the concept. But how do I actually learn to apply that idea in this kind of structure? Um, my favorite kinds of microlearning say look for a situation like this and then describe some everyday business situation where it would apply. So if you were teaching collaboration principles, you would say in your next uh, team meeting, in your next cross-functional unit meeting, and you're trying to accomplish some collaborative goal, try this principle. Try uh, and reflect on how this worked for you. Did it solve the situation? If it's a business decision-making course, then, you know, what kinds of business decisions do you have to make today? Choose one and apply this strategy uh, and then reflect on how well that worked for you. What could you do differently next time? Did it help you do X, Y, and Z? Give them a couple of questions to think about. Um, that sort of microlearning helps uh, anchor the instruction and refresh the concept so that it drives towards more uh, meaningful application on the job. But if it's all self-directed, do we not lose a huge amount? Because a lot of the learning in our virtual workshops is when people are interacting and people are learning from each other's perspectives and experiences. And the, there's that synchronous learning activity, which doesn't sound like that's going to happen in the micro learning structure. So personally, I'm not a huge proponent of just micro learning. So I think we get more bang for our buck when we pair it with uh, some kind of workshop, uh, human interaction kind of situation where we make meaning together as adult learners. We use our past experience, we're engaged in rich dialogue, those kinds of things that really help us to dig in, debate, understand what it is we're going to do differently. Where microlearning adds that like extra value. Um, it's almost like hot sauce in the instructional design recipe. It really boosts the flavor and it boosts impact because you're getting that reinforcement over time. So if I was setting up an ideal workshop breakdown, I might take one of our four-hour workshops uh, in a virtual delivery sense, high engagement, and say, where's the kernels of like really good rich dialogue where do i get the most bang for my buck and where is like mm, these are just concepts we've got to like get through and explain they're not rocket science i might put those concept pieces that are pre-work if you will into a pre-work micro learning that is you know here's some facts here's some recall look around where where do you think you might find application and it's foreshadowing something that we're going to do in a virtual human interaction sense, where it's really rich dialogue. It's relatively small group. Open mic would be my first choice. So we're really having that rich conversation. Then after that virtual workshop, then you would use micro learnings again to reinforce practice and drive home those principles. Okay. 
So you would still suggest that we can get a lot of value from, albeit much smaller, synchronous interactions. It's not like everything can be delivered in small, incremental, micro-learning pieces, whether it's before, during, or after. You're saying that in order to make some of those pieces really come to life, there's still some value in the interaction piece, albeit shorter and potentially, therefore, more impactful if people have done some pre-work and will get some post-work. I think so. Uh, learning theory has taught us that when you do a one-and-done uh, learning experience, they're often very enthusiastic uh, to apply it, but then life gets in the way when they go back to their desk, and it doesn't really stick for a good portion of your learners. Uh, it wasn't anchored, it wasn't applicable enough for them to be able to see how they're going to do something differently because of that big chunk of learning. Uh, and that's unfortunate. When you use microlearning to pre-teach and reinforce, you extend that learning event from um, a really good one-day workshop, suddenly becomes two hours of in-person um, a couple of pre-work sessions and multiple, in my opinion, it should be multiple micro-learnings after the fact. If I could wave my instructional fairy wand, I would say, you know, let's do this for three to six months after the initial learning event because you're going to get really good application if you're reminding them um, in some kind of uh, variable ratio of reinforcements to use the material to find application. Uh, and depending on how sophisticated your system is at pushing out those micro-learnings, um, you could extend it as much as six months. If it's a key uh, competency for these folks who are really understanding and applying. So there's quite a few things going on there. The, the idea of extending, let's call it the learning time, you know, to a six-month period. You originally started with a four-hour workshop, and that four-hour workshop has now extended over a six-month period, and it's been parsed up into smaller incremental micro-learning pieces with some interspersed, with some synchronous learning activity, which will probably be a lot less than the four-hour time slot that was originally allocated, but elongated over six months. So it becomes more protracted, it allows people to apply the ideas and to learn how they apply. And that's really interesting. You know, I was I was talking with a client just th this week and they were talking about uh, modernizing learning. And, and, and I think some of these ideas are very consistent with what their vision of modernization was, because I think modernization means moving away from what we're currently doing and making it more, well, I guess, uh, um, I'm struggling to find the right adjective, but uh, just exciting, shall we say, to modernize it, to update it, to bring it into this century. So I was explaining that I think there's a, a risk, and it's the old cliche of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. If we think that modernization is all about going to mini micro-learnings, curated learning, people picking and mixing, we're going to run a big risk of losing the essence of what learning is about if we're not learning to apply it. And here's, here's a way or here's an idea that you would be 
really putting much more valuable synchronous time. There'll be less of it, but it will be the glue that holds these things together and makes it really, really come to life if those synchronous events are when you really focus on application. Does that make sense to you? It does. And I like the fact that um, we're not losing sight of the end result, which is that the learner applies the content. And so microlearning works for anyone in any of the four stages of remote work, whether that's 100% remote from anywhere, hybrid remote, remote just allowed, you know, a couple of days a week, um, or, you know, some other flavor, you know, sometimes we see remote with time zone biases, where, you know, you're remote, but only under these circumstances. Um, Microlearning allows for us to take those virtual workshops and just expand that reach into all the different kinds of situations that folks find themselves in now. We learned from the pandemic that we like talking to people a lot more than some of the introverts thought. And they really enjoy their alone time. But when it comes to learning, we still want to talk to each other for some of that time. And I think it's a mistake. Uh, some of the clients that we've dealt with and that we're seeing in the industry, moving to 100%, um, moving to 100% e-learning, it's just not effective um, for the human interaction need that we all seem to have at some degree. Yeah. I mean, you could provide to a learner population the very best curriculum in the smallest of pieces and the vastest arrays of topic and content, yet potentially no learning might happen because there's no design to how people absorb and apply that information. So it really is back to saying, as instructional designers, yeah, once again, the world's changing. We're reinventing the way that we look at things, the way that we do things. But once again, if we do this properly and well, we are at the center of designing really good learning if we remember that it's all about the end result. It's all about improving people's performance through application of the content. Absolutely. The return on investment for instructional design has to be driven by results. And no matter what the new, modern, shiny object might be in instructional design, if we stay focused on that, folks, we're always going to be in high demand. Listeners, you've been listening to the Leaders in Learning Design podcast by Blue Consulting and Resourcing, a regular podcast for cutting-edge learning design. <laughs>